Welcome to Living Out Loud. I'm your host, Valerie Fidan. I'm a visual content creator, a social media expert, a frequent traveler, and the creator behind Let'sRegale.com, my food and travel blog where you will find bits and bites of food, life, and travel. And in this podcast, we'll be keeping it real on entrepreneurship, life, and wellness. It's a breeding ground for ideas and excitement for a balanced and inspired lifestyle. And if you have a topic or a question that you want me to discuss, feel free to send it in to Valerie at Let'sRegale.com. And don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode. It has been so amazing being able to sit down with so many different entrepreneurs and chatting about their stories and being able to share them with you guys. And this week, I am particularly very excited to introduce you guys to Kristen Brown. She is the founder, Sunset Chaser, and mastermind behind Tamarindo based Samba to the Sea. Kristen's work has been featured within Harper's Bazaar, UK, Korea, and Germany, and has also worked with major brands like American Express. This week, Kristen is going to share her story about what it was like leaving the concrete jungle of New York City, leaving a job in finance, and heading to Costa Rica while working for surfboard shaper Robert August. Kristen is going to talk about entrepreneurship and how the magical sense of Costa Rica led her to her passion in photography. So get ready, guys, because you guys are really going to enjoy this interview, and I'm pretty sure it's going to leave you guys feeling super inspired to create your own thing, and if not, it's going to make you want to head to Costa Rica for sure. Thanks so much, Kristen, for for taking time to, to sit down and chat with me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. So... For my listeners that don't really know my connection with Kristen, and if you haven't seen her um, her Instagram feed, Samba to the Sea. So I first connected with Kristen back in 2015 in my short stay in Costa Rica, and Kristen has such an amazing and interesting story that I thought she would be a great guest for us today. I can't believe it's been that long. It's- Time flies, huh? It sure um, does. <laughs> it's just funny. Um, for your listeners that don't know, we actually met because of our chihuahuas <laughs> <laughs> on the beach in Costa Rica. So it was a, it's a kind of a cute story. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a photographer, um, and I like to say sunset, sunset chaser and wave dancer or surfer. Um, based in Tamarindo, Costa Rica, and I also split time in Savannah, between Costa Rica and Savannah, Georgia, and my former life, I worked in in the corporate world in New York City, and one day from a New Year's resolution back in 2011, I took a surf lesson, and as I like to say, I fell fell head over heels in love with surfing, and within a year and a half of that first surf lesson, I had packed up my New York City apartment, quit my corporate job, and moved to Costa Rica. (laughs) So what made you take that giant leap of faith? Because it's not like you were moving to another state or to, um, you know, across the country. You literally went to another country. Yeah. Um, 
I think for me, it wasn't the country going like moving to another country was never, I want to say, quote unquote, scary to me because my so my father was born and raised in Brazil. Um, and my parents lived there for 10 years before I was born. My two oldest brothers were born there. So living overseas was never um, like it was a very, it was a cool thing to me, but it was never like this mystical mystical is not the right word, but it never was like something that like, oh, nobody does it because my parents had done it. And they loved it. And I'd always, I was always jealous that my brothers were born in another country and I was born in New Jersey. <laughs> but um, I was just, I was really unhappy um, in, the, in, cor- in the corporate world. And I was actually studying um, and getting ready to do my, go back to grad school to do business school. And so I was studying and doing all the GMAT, te- GMAT um, prep and doing the GMAT test. And I just fell into surfing. It's had something I'd always wanted to do, but I never had the opportunity to. I'm from the East Coast. I was born and raised outside New York City, New Jersey. And I mean, the the thing that East Coasters always say, oh, there are are no waves here. Well, there are waves. It just depends on the time of year and if there's usually a storm or hurricane off the coast. But I never, you know, I never, I never saw surfers out surfing, you know, the Atlantic Ocean. And so when I finally saw that out in Montauk and um, Long Island one summer, you know, I was just mesmerized. It was something I had to do. So it kind of was at a turning point in my life that I was ready to move on and do something different. The, the logical step for most people in the corporate world, I was in banking, was to go back and get your MBA. And so I was already ready to do that and then started surfing. And I was like, well, worst comes to worst, I'll just take a year off. I'll surf in Costa Rica and then I'll go back and get my MBA. Wow. That's, I mean, that's still a gigantic leap of faith to leave everything behind and go to Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, I, I, so I went to Costa Rica twice within three months. Um, and something just said to me, I was sitting on my surfboard on my second trip to Costa Rica and something in my heart just said, you need to be here. I didn't know why, but I had this calling. And from there, once once I listened to that, I was like, okay, how do I do this? How do I get there? And I mean, it took me six months. I went in February and then I left my job in September and I went down to Costa Rica end of November. So almost five years ago. And um, I mean, it took some time and planning, but it just it just felt right. And I think it's one of those intuition things when you know, you know, it's, it was, it was crazy. Most people were like, you're crazy. But I mean, I had no debt. Thankfully I had no, I had all my, I had no student loans. I had no debt. I didn't have a boyfriend. I didn't have a dog at that, at that time. I really didn't have any, these big attachments. The only thing, attachments I had were to my, my nice wardrobe <laughs> and, and my furniture, which Thanks, mom and dad. It's uh, you know now in storage at their place, <laughs> but um, you know it was it was. I want to say I was it was a time in my life that it was easy to make that move. I was in my mid twenties, and so it was just it was one of those things where I was like, if I don't do it now, I don't know if I'll ever do it. Wow, I mean, a lot of people still have a hard time just if they were placed in that situation. But the fact that like you took that leap of faith 
And basically, this whole experience has changed your life quite drastically. Oh my gosh, tremendously. Um, I mean, I went from, I mean, so my undergrad degree was in finance. I have so I have an undergrad business degree and my whole life it was like, okay, you know, get a, you know, graduate college, you get a good job and you have the quote unquote career. And, you know, then you have the <laughs> white picket fence, the family, the husband. And I just, I mean, I think it's part our generation, but it's being turned upside on its head right now. And so I didn't go to Costa Rica just on a whim. I went to Costa Rica to work for a surfboard shaper um, named Robert August. And if there are any surfers out there or any um, beach aficionados, he was in the movie The Endless Summer um, a little over 50 years ago, which essentially helped put surfing, um, not on the map, but made surfing kind of a household household-wide known across America um, because before surfing was really only existed in California, Hawaii, Australia, and, and dabbled in other parts around the world. So he was in this movie 50 years ago. The, the movie just explodes. It's super popular. You know, New York Times, it just, it is just, it's ingrained not only in surf culture, but in popular culture as well. So um, I had met Robert down in Costa Rica, which is Rock Surf Camp, um, because that's where I stayed when I went to Costa Rica. And he came up to me one day and he's like, well, are you good at marketing and promotions? Because he saw me studying for my GMATs during my vacation, studying diligently, as, as he told me. And I told him, well, I have a test in a week, so <laughs> got to study while I can. And he, so he asked me if I was good in marketing and promotions. And I just kind of chuckled. And I'm like, well, I work in finance. So, but I've always, my mom is in promotional products. I've always been around marketing and, and that I've always loved that world. And I wanted to go back and get my MBA in branding and marketing. So a couple of days later, I went up to Robert and I was like, yeah, well, I think I can help you out. And, you know, your, your website and social media. And, you know, I, I think I can help. So I pretty much was like, yeah, I can help you out. I'm not really, don't have experience in this, but I'm interested in it and something I want to do. So I went down to Costa Rica to work um, with him and his company. And so I worked for him for about two years and two, three years. And through that, um, just surfing and being surrounded by nature and seeing all these beautiful sunsets every single day in Costa Rica. I mean, they're just some of the most magical things I've ever seen. And I really fell into photography. And so, yeah, it changed the course. But I went from corporate world to becoming a photographer. <laughs> so it's, it was a huge leap. Right. So when you did you ever um, think that you would be a photographer? Was photography a passion of yours prior to discovering this? Yes. So I have always, my parents, I've always loved photography. I've always... Um, it was like surfing. It was something that I'd always seen and always admired. I just didn't know how to listen to it. So um, my parents, they had Nikon film cameras and they had photographs all scattered throughout the house. And they had, my, so my mom flew for Pan Am and my father worked for Pan Am. My grandfather was a Pan Am pilot. So they had these um, photos and I remember watching slideshows when I was little of like all of their photographs from around the world and always being mesmerized by these photographs in their travels and so it was something ingrained in me when I was since I was very little um and in middle school and high school 
I took photography courses. I was in the dark room, pre-digital, and just loved that whole experience of developing your own film, a photograph coming to life before your very own eyes. And then after college, I'm sorry, after high school, and when I went to college, I played college basketball. So there wasn't much time besides academic work and academic work and basketball to do really anything else. So I stopped really exploring the arts, and which is something I'd always loved to do when I was little or up until high school. And it kind of always was on the back burner, but nobody had ever said to me, or I never thought to myself, well, I can make a living in photography. And even when I was, when I first started my, my job in New York City, I kept saying to myself, well, you know, I really like it and it's something really interesting to me. But what I was afraid to do was to make something I, I really like to do into my profession. Because that happened with me in basketball in college. I lo- loved basketball, but once I got to college, it became more like a job. And then I started to dislike it because, I mean, I was on scholarship, so you had you know, there was a lot on the line. So it was just something that I didn't want, as I, as I mentioned, I didn't want to end up not liking photography because I really like, I really loved it. Wow. I mean, just that background alone, I, I think that that would spark anybody's interest to get into photography. Mm-hmm. I think, um, as I just said, like, there are these little, they're like just seeds throughout my life. Like I had meant, like with surfing, I'd always, I'd always been mesmerized by it. I always wanted to do it. Photography, I'd always been mesmerized by it, but I didn't, I didn't see that opportunity. So looking back, like the threads were all there. It was just up to me to weave it all together and be like, okay, I get it. Like love surfing, love the ocean, love to be outside. Um, photography I've always whether it's my photographs or other people's photographs I've always loved doing that I I love being around I'm kind of I'm an introvert but I love being around people and socializing so as they say I'm a social introvert Um, (laughs) I need my own time to like decompress but when I'm around people I have a great time Um, so the thing I love about photography and working with families and shooting weddings and working with my branding clients is that I love that interaction so, I mean, and I love seeing, and also the results. I love, you know, finishing an album, sending it off to my clients, the end results, and them being super happy with, with, you know, their photographs. There's nothing more rewarding to me than seeing their reactions or them thanking me and saying, oh my gosh, these photos are just, they're us. Right. Well, that's really amazing that you are able to, to bring in your different passions and have been able to create a business and also being able to um, to touch people in so many different ways with uh, your photography and uh, just capturing their happy moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I like to say, um, you know, people are like, Kristen, you, is, Kristen, you capture these moments and you capture our true selves. And I say, well, the magic really comes down to, like, I'm not a, I'm not a type of photographer that will say, okay, sit down, I'm going to pose you and just take a photograph, you know, the very traditional family portrait. I say, okay, 
I'm going to sit you down, but then, especially with like family, for example, family photo session, I say, oh, you know, go tickle your dad or, you know, go run with mom and go have fun. And that's what I say to all my clients. I was like, I want you to have fun. And I'm just here to be with you guys and, and chat with you guys and I'll capture your fun. And within those moments is when the magic happens. And that's what I really love capturing because there's magic in the everyday moments. Right. Well, that's definitely a very rewarding and special part of your job, it sounds like. Oh, my goodness. It is. I think it's, if I parlay it back into my corporate world life, what I was missing there was that end result of seeing, here's a project. So, like, if we equate it to, like, each one of my clients, they're our project. And... I get to see I get to see it through from beginning to end and have a happy and satisfied client. In corporate, a lot of times you work on a project and you don't get to see that like and not that I'm looking for, you know, all the time like a pat on my back, oh Kristen, you're amazing, but you know, it's it's really rewarding to touch the end consumer and to really make a difference in their lives. Yeah. I mean there's something so magical about being able to to make your clients so happy with these beautiful moments that you capture and you're capturing them in such a I guess like in a, such an organic manner because they're having a good time and they're enjoying everything and I know that um a what when you came out to visit we had talked about your corporate job and it's just so fascinating how so many people will go through the daily grind, yet they're so unhappy, and you were able to distinguish what made you happy and what didn't make you happy and what you wanted from life. And it translates so much in just like in just the images that you capture and, and all of these moments that you you capture with your clients as well. Because I'll be honest, I go through your Instagram feed and I'm looking through your photos, I'm like, oh, this is such a beautiful photo. And then you have like your family shots in there as well. And it's just like such an uplifting feed. Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, it's, it's taken a lot of work and I mean, it's still a process. And I think, and I'm always learning and evolving and learning from other people, um, whether it's you, whether it's you, Valerie, or other podcasts, or other other mentors, or other photographer friends of mine, and I think the easiest, the easiest, one of the so yeah, one of the easiest things to do is just to cut out the things that don't make you happy. And once you start doing that, the you know the things that do make you happy start you know it's much clearer <laughs> to find that. And the other one of the one photographer mentor of mine, she put it like in the simplest terms ever. It's like, you can't please everybody. You know, I can't be the photographer for everybody. Not everybody, not everybody's going to love my sunset photos. I mean, I photograph sunsets pretty much every single day. That's why I say I'm a sunset chaser. Not only do I love watching sunsets, but I love photographing them. And the people that are attracted to me and my personality also like sunsets. So if you're not a sunset person or you just... You think they're they're okay, you know they happen. That's great, but you know my tribe are sunset people. They like bold colors. They like, you know, they're just they live a very happy and outgoing and vivacious life. 
That's such a great way of putting it. Um, that you definitely have to cut out the things that don't make you happy in order to live a fully, a fully happy, enriched life. Um, just because I feel like so many people deal with so much and they put up with so much and they're just so unhappy um, that it is really important to really figure out what makes you happy. And like you said, um, finding your group, finding your tribe of people that that get you, that truly share those same common interests and values is so important. Mm-hmm. It is very, I think, you know, that's part me living in Costa Rica, but I think the major thing that happened um, by being in Costa Rica and the reason why I went to Costa Rica was to learn how to surf. And the whole surfing culture, you know, it's, you're just, it's a stoke on life. And surfing is an activity that you spend a lot of time waiting for waves. So you have a lot of times to think and reflect and you're in the ocean, you're in mother nature. So there's very, I may be getting a little woo woo here, but for me, it is, it's, for me, it's very spiritual. You know, I say, you know, being out in the ocean and surfing is like me being at church. I mean, I can definitely see that and I can see the, the connection. Um, so I feel like whenever we all get the opportunity to go out in, in nature and experience just being outside without those distractions, it's very grounding, whether you're out on the waves or you're out in the woods or wherever you are, there's this sense of connection and a sense of belonging where um, we all just feel so much more grounded being outside. Oh, it's it's so very true. Um, there's just something about it knowing that you're just this small part of this bigger beautiful being that is mother nature the earth and it's just it's magical and that's one of the reasons why I love sunsets and sun and also sunrises so much is because it's this you know it's this five to ten minute maybe 15 minute thing that happens every single day and whether or not there's a cloud in the sky there's no clouds in the sky or the whole sky lights up it's just this you all of a sudden are like, wow, it just takes your breath away. And it does it. It's that connection. You're like, okay, I feel part of this world. So I wanted to touch on the name Samba, Samba to the Sea because mm-hmm. I know the story, but I know that my listeners don't. And I just think it's the cutest name and it makes sense with your brand and with who you are. Yeah. So. Oh, I love Samba to the Sea. Um, again, so like my surfing story and like my photography story, which of those were like seedlings, Samba to the Sea was kind of a light bulb moment. So I was I was still working corporate um, in New York City, and I was on lunch break with one of my coworkers. And one of our favorite things we like to do when we had time is we'd walk over to Anthropology during our lunch break and just walk through the store because anthropology is like, (laughs) it's just so much visual stimulation and just so beautiful. (laughs) Their layouts, their visual displays are just amazing. Not, I don't even have to buy anything. I'm just happy when I walk into anthropology. They're, they are just so on point. Right. (laughs) And 
So I had walked through the store, you know, done my visual, you know, happiness dance for the day. And I was about, I was getting ready to leave. And my friend was over looking at some tea towels in their home section. And I walked over and she was showing me some tea towels. And then I took a glance at the rest of them. And there was one towel that said Samba with me to the sea. And so my friend Ashley, who I was with, she knew I'd wanted to start this idea or start, um, she knew I had this idea to start a blog just to, this was a couple of months before I'd moved down to Costa Rica. It's when I had started surfing and she knew I'd wanted to start this blog and just kind of for my, for myself, just as an online journal. And I looked at her, her and I said, Ashley, that's it. Samba to the sea. That is my, that's the name of the blog. It's just, it's me. And so for those don't that don't know, so samba is the national dance of Brazil. And parlaying it back to my parents and my dad, my dad was born and raised in Brazil. My parents lived there for ten years. So Brazil has always been this, and I'm I'm actually half Brazilian. I have Brazilian citizenship. So Brazil has always been, you know, part of my life. We've always rooted for Brazil soccer. You know, Brazilian food. It's just it's just it's just a part of me. And so for it to be samba, which is the national dance of Brazil, and it's the, the dance samba is also this very vivacious, full of life dance. Like you don't dance samba seriously, you dance samba with happiness. And so to me, samba to the sea was like my dance to the ocean because I was going to Costa Rica, I was making this transition through life. So the whole name samba to the sea just made perfect sense. It was just my dance with life, my dance with ocean, to the ocean, my dance to go surfing. It was just, I'm going to live life how I want to live life, live life. And it's going to be, you know, one that's happy, one that's full of stoke. And yeah, so that's Samba to the Sea. <laughs> I just, I love this story just because it all makes sense and it just says so much about your brand and about you and your background. And so I just love, I love it just because um, it is a reminder that this, that life is basically everyone's Samba. It's like their dance to life. And exactly. I feel like your brand is very, um, it really shows that. It really shows those happy moments in life and just, you know, that life should just be a dance that you should enjoy. Exactly. And it's, it's, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like tearing up when I like think about it because it's so beautiful to me and means so much that like my, that it all essentially my story when the seeds have been planted, but the name Samba to the Sea is a little over five years old from when I first purchased the domain name or, or thought of it when I first searched it I was like oh my gosh thankfully nobody has this this name but it's amazing to me that how it started how my whole transition started with the name Samba to the Sea and Samba to the Sea has evolved with me because Samba to the Sea was first a blog and then I didn't have like that's all it was it wasn't photography I didn't have I mean I had the Instagram it was my Instagram handle but it's evolved and grown with me and it just further has reinforced like who I am and it's never you know it's never wavered from what 
Samba to the Sea, like what the name stands for and like how I want to live life. Yeah, I just love it. Um, And it's just such a a great name. Thank you. So with that, creating Samba to the Sea and having it be a big part of your life right now and um, about and also your brand. Um, how has entrepreneurship in Costa Rica been and how has it shaped where Samba to the Sea started and where it is now? Yeah, so I would say, so Samba to the Sea first started as, a, as, the, as my blog and then it evolved into my photography. And that first iteration was me selling postcards out of my um, my sunset photographs, which the postcards are now sorry sunset the postcards in Costa Rica, mostly in Tamarindo, and those have done extremely well down there. And that's where I want to say that entrepreneurship started. Um, was just like as I like to call it, the ugly postcard dilemma, because <laughs> if you've ever seen a postcard, majority of postcards are always like this ugly stock photo. And especially in Costa Rica, you look at the postcards and you're like, well, what beach is that? And it's a really ugly photo, but like you want to <laughs> send something back home. And so you're kind of, you have this dilemma, like you have to buy it. So um, I started making these postcards printed on recycled paper, I think two days, there's over 15,000 of them out there, which is pretty awesome. (laughs) And um, then from there, I kind of tricked myself into being a photographer because I wasn't quite sure that I could make a living out of being a photographer, but selling the postcards gave me confidence because people wanted to buy my, buy my photographs. Mm -hmm. So I would say I, I saw an opportunity within Costa Rica and no matter where you go, there's always going to be, majority of the time, there's always going to be some opportunity. It's just you realizing it's there. Um, it's been hard in the sense that, like, I'm not a Costa Rican citizen. Um, there's not much resources for businesses. Like, everything that I've, I've learned has all come from online education, um, networking in the U.S. So thankfully, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am today had this been like 10, 15 years ago because there's this uptick in online education and resources that are all available to me via my computer. So thankfully, I've been able to tap into those resources. So it's been good that I've had these opportunities, whether it's the postcards in Costa Rica because I had a market for it and a need for it. And the same thing with photography for you know, doing family photos and shooting weddings down in Costa Rica is that there's a market for it. But everything I learned was all from resources that were based back in the U.S. Right. And so for my listeners that have never been to Costa Rica, Costa Rica is a different ballgame. It is... A place where everything is, everything takes time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when you're promised something's going to um, happen in a day, it's like realistically give it three or five. <laughs> exactly. So most people are familiar with the term Latin time 
or like mañana es otro día, my, tomorrow's another day. In Costa Rica, it's called pura vida, which is <laughs> pure life, which is even like pura vida, like tomorrow's another day times like a thousand. Because pura vida means like, oh, whatever, tomorrow, like next week, doesn't really matter. Um, the good thing is, is that business-wise for me is that I only really need to like rely on myself because I don't, you know, my end, end client is is essentially a tourist. So they're coming down to Costa Rica. And so their expectations are pretty high, right? Their service levels are pretty high. Like us, I'm assuming majority of our listeners, we're all Americans, right? Like we're used to like top-notch service, top-notch service, being able to return return something, no questions asked. You go to Latin America or Costa Rica, you're like, yeah, no, that does not happen. <laughs> you know, a customer is not right in Costa Rica at all. So the benefit of being a photographer and the service-based business where I don't have to rely on anybody else, you know, to, I'm not, I'm not employing people underneath me. It's just me, myself and I, and if I do outsource any work, it's, you know, it's to, it, I can outsource it to someone back in the U S to somebody else anywhere around the world. Um, is that I have very high expectations of service levels because I come from a culture of, you know, you, you aim to please. So I think that's been a major um, leg up for me. I mean, all the other photographers pretty much in Costa Rica, they're all expats too. So, you know, we're all in the same comp comp on the same level playing field of like, we're going to provide a phenomenal service to our clients. But what our clients love about it is that they're not a, they're not expecting it. They are like, okay, I'm going to go on Google and maybe I'll find a photographer and maybe hopefully they speak English and I'll see, and I'll see about it. What, what happens is when they go on essentially, so 95% of my business leads all come from an online Google search and you go online and you say photographer in Tamarindo, Costa Rica. And I'm one of the top, one of the top, um, results in the search and they find my website, it's professionally done, it's easily, you know, you can contact me via email, a contact form, they can see my, my portfolio very easily, very easily, and when they email me, a lot of times they get an answer, you know, within a couple hours, so, you know, just having that level of service when they're not expecting it is huge. Right. Yeah, that makes such a, a big difference, especially if it is customers coming or your clients coming from the U.S., they already expect a, a different level of service compared to if they were, say, contacting a company or another photographer down in Costa Rica that maybe isn't American or isn't used to American standards in terms of customer service. Yeah, um, for sure. I totally agree. And I think it's also a testament to my website. I've built um, <laughs> many iterations of my website. I'm constantly learning, but um, I'm always tweaking something, trying to make it easier and more accessible for my clients. So when they first get to samba to the sea photography.com is that they either are going to, they're going to see my photography right away and they're, they're going to like, like my style. They're not going to like my style, which is completely fine. 
And then from there, they're going to get filtered into what type of photography they're interested in, whether it's a wedding, a family session, an elopement. And then from there, they can easily you know, in, do, do an inquiry and find out more about me. But all from my website, they already know how I sh- the photography style. Like there's plenty of Im- there's plenty there's not overloaded imagery, but there's just enough information for them to be like, okay, this is someone I'm interested in. And I want to book their services. So we just talked about briefly about how living in Costa Rica and just having the just the whole surf lifestyle play a big role in your life. So naturally, I'm sure it's helped you become a much healthier person than when you were living in the States, for example. Oh, for sure. I am. It's been a slow, slow process. Um, I've. I'm an athletic person. I've my whole family is athletic. We've always been involved in sports, but I was like the fat kid growing up. You know, <laughs> my parents, my brothers, they're all they're all thin, and I was just you know I just liked to eat, and so I've always had um, ever since I want to say like I can remember, I've always had an issue eating and eating correctly. I've always been an emotional eater. And thankfully, I was athletic. I was playing basketball. I was always, you know, always active. So I wasn't, you know, I want to say I thinned. I didn't thin out, but I wasn't, I wasn't athletically trim. And then graduated college and went to work corporate. And I was still, you know, I was working out, going to the gym. But, you know, when you work in corporate and you're, you're sitting in a cubicle all day, it's, it's not beneficial to your body and you know there's cupcakes and cookies and just office culture where there's food around you all day so just being in corporate world and then moving to Costa Rica it's been being being in Costa Rica and surfing every day I mean surfing just blasts calories I mean it just is (laughs) the most amazing workout you can full body workout you can have but um, I would say in the past five years since being in Costa Rica, I'm like, and I keep saying this like every couple months, I'm like, well, I'm the healthiest I've ever been. But And that's been like a five years of me saying that because it's been a slow evolution of not just, you know, I can, as I said, like I'm athletic. I can go and work out and get in quote unquote shape. But like where the healthy, healthy aspect of my life has come into play is me eating healthy and breaking bad habits, breaking emotional eating. So, you know, I just, and it's for sure living in Costa Rica and being and having to be in a bikini every single day, you know, you can't hide in a sweatshirt in Costa Rica because it's hotter than anything. <laughs> you know, you can't be like, well, here's my winter weight. No, like you're in a bikini, tw- you know, 12 months of, out of the year. So, you know, you have the best excuse ever. It's like, okay, I'm just going to eat healthy and be active and, and it just, I mean, I think for everyone, but most especially me, it's just, it's breaking bad habits and mentally just changing the way I think and approach food. And thankfully, those bad habits have like really in the past five years just been like, I've just been breaking them down and it's just an everyday thing. And I mean, I'm, 
I feel regret for having to live so much of my life and having, you know, a bad eating history. But I'm also proud that I'm finally in a place in my life where, like, I have taken control of it. That's really amazing to hear that. Just because I feel like a lot of people go through similar struggles and... Or maybe just they don't really view as living a healthy lifestyle something that is attainable for them. Um, Mm -hmm. But to share your story and share how just living in Costa Rica has made you change your your perception and viewpoints on things. I hope that others that are listening that are maybe struggling with that, maybe they can find some kind of motivation within that story. Oh, thank you. And yeah, I would say it just, it's just an everyday, you know, little thing, right? And it's just, it's a habit. And I know it's so hard because I've been there and I've done that. And I haven't been like, um, I haven't done like the diet fads throughout the year, but I've always, you know, had negative body issues and, if anyone out there is listening, like you can come out the other, the other side and be like, okay, I've gotten through this. You know, I'm 31 now. Like there's been a long haul for me to get here, (laughs) but it is, and it's been a long haul, you know, almost, I want to say 25, 25 years of bad of not, well, 25 years to get here. And then five years of, of 25 years of, of emotional eating, but then five years of really actively breaking down that, those bad habits and just mentally just saying, okay, you know, one day at a time and, you know, okay, I may have a bad week, but like, fine, we're just going to get back on the horse and we're just going to keep tackling it and keep tackling it and to keep tackling it. That's such a great way to put it. Um, because it's like, it's something that I feel like just with life experiences and just with time, um, you start to learn these things and you start to, to realize that like going back to what you were saying about the things that make you happy and the things that don't make you happy, you got to eliminate those. And if one of them is your self-confidence and the way that you perceive your thing, yourself, you can definitely change these things. Of course, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time and a lot of um, self-love practice, but I mean, you can definitely get there. Yeah. And I think the next biggest thing I can say is that I think I wish somebody had, somebody had given me the advice. Like if I could go back to my early 20 year old self, you know, leaving college here, I was, you know, doughy eyed, like big, bad world. I'm going to take on, (laughs) take on the world and it's going to be great is that I wish somebody had said to me in the nicest possible way is that your 20s are probably going to suck in the best possible way. <laughs> because, you know, you go from high school and then college, so you're, kind of, you're semi kind of on your own, but you're kind of really not because the majority of people, you know, you still have your parents behind you. And then you go out into the world and you're like, okay, well, I've, you know, been in, all our whole life up until you leave college, you know, your whole world is academia. And then all of a sudden you have to figure out, you know, job wise, what you really want to do, what you're really good at. And, you know, my twenties were, 
obviously several years spent in corporate world and then I made a, a leap in my my mid tw- mid to late 20s to go to Costa Rica and just those five years of being in Costa Rica have been very transformational and and a lot of people are like well you live in Costa Rica that's so cool I'm like well it's not always you know magical sunsets and beautiful waves and Pura ice because it's not you know it's as I like to say I've worked at that and I say, you know, the grass is not always greener on the other side. The grass is greener where I water it. You know, I've made that choice to be in Costa Rica. And there are some things about living in Costa Rica that drive me crazy. <laughs> you know? But, you know, I have make it, made that choice. And I realize the things that I love about Costa Rica. And I know the things I dislike about Costa Rica. But that's anywhere you live. Right. So it's just actively saying, okay, this is what I really love about this place I'm gonna make the most of it that's such a great way of putting it I love that the the grass isn't greener on the other side it's where you water it because that's so Mm -hmm. that's so true it's I think as I said like because people you know whenever I mentioned to somebody oh I live in Costa Rica they're just enamored and because Costa Rica does come with a very mysterious kind of like oh that's so cool like you're in this tropical place and the beach and all that but you know it's hard it's I mean (laughs) I'm blonde hair blue-eyed very fair person so and I can and I can tan but it is hot out like your skin will burn like you are just it, and it's year-round, right? Like, And most people are like, oh, that's amazing. I love the heat. I'm like, no, when you live in it year-round, you start to go cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> At least for me. Like, I start to go, you know, I have to leave, you know, especially in dry season when it doesn't rain for six months. You're like, I need some rain. Like, I'm losing it. Um, but, yeah, it just, it is actively taking control of what you want out of life and watering those good things and as going back to the you know very beginning and taking out those things where that you don't want like it's weeding right taking out like the things that you don't want on your lawn and watering and watering what you have and having that grow and also staying in your own lane right like this is my lane right here and I can, can admire my neighbor's lawn or my neighbor's lane but I need to stay in my own lane because I am the only one that knows exactly what's going on in my life. I don't know the backstory or the troubles or all the things that are going on in somebody else's life. And I think that's where we get in trouble a lot of times is that, and I get caught up in it a lot of like the comparison game. So it's like, you know what? I just need to put, you know, the racehorses, they, you put the blinders on and you say, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what I need to focus on. Right. So if you had one takeaway from, um, for this interview to share with my listeners, what would it be? Hmm. I would say, this is very surfer of me. (laughs) Or this is, or my father would say, he's like, that's very surfer of you. (laughs) It's just to live a life that makes you happy. I mean, because at the end of the day, like, you're not guaranteed. The only thing guaranteed in life is that you're born. Like, you don't know if your time to go is tomorrow 
in a couple of years or I don't know. And you know, you're going to live a long and healthy, fruitful life. But the thing that you can control is you being happy today and taking control of that today. I love that. I love that takeaway. And so Kristen, where can my listeners uh, find you? Everything at Samba to the Sea. <laughs> <laughs> I make it easy. So I'm a very popular name. I'm, my, I'm, my last name is Brown. There are so many other Kristen Browns out there, but everything filters through Samba to the Sea. So it's, I mean, I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes, but yes. <laughs> a lot of people, I always get confused because it could be like T-O or T, the, the number two, but it's all Samba to the Sea, um, whether it's my website, my Instagram um, handle. And then if they really love sunsets, they can go check out my sunsets via the sunset shop.com. There's a lot of visual eye candy there. You can just get lost in it. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kristen. I really enjoyed uh, this chat and uh, hopefully my listeners are inspired by your story and um, I hope you guys go and visit Kristen on Instagram at Samba to the Sea and on her website, sambatothesea.com.